Time now for our special interview this week and what an epic, epic run Joe O'Leary had in the Montaigne Winter Spine Race in the north of England around two weeks ago now. The 268 miler Winter Ultra Marathon encompasses the entire length of the Pennine Way, finishing on the Scottish borders and Joe hunted down that podium position and the British runner Douglas Innes, who had roughly a five mile lead over Joe going into the final stages and let's hear how Joe reeled him in. Joe it's a real privilege to have you back on the show thanks a million for coming on Joe and I hope hopefully you recovered okay since um, that tremendous tremendous result about what is it about two weeks ago now. Yeah two weeks ago this morning yeah pleasure to be on on again thanks. Yeah, well, listen, we've got a fascinating race to talk about, Joe, and I'm so interested just to hear about the build up to it, the race itself, how the recovery went. And I suppose if we if we kick off this time last year, when you were speaking to Simon, your, your friend Simon Kelly from the Waterfall Trail Running Festival, who did the interview for us last year. I remember at the end of that interview, you said to Simon that when he said, to you, oh, would you like to do the full race? And you said something like that could be a career-ending run just because it's so hard, so severe, the, the oh, dedication yeah. and the training that's needed for it. So can you remember the moment when you decided, actually, the hell with it, I'm going to try the full the full race next year? I can, actually, yeah. I think I had a hangover at the time. I must have been not thinking straight. But, uh, yeah, you know, last year annoyed me because... Ah, I just wasn't used to hitting a wall like that. And, you know, like I enjoy hardship conditions. So it really annoyed me that I had negative uh, memories from it in one respect. I mean, obviously it was good results and everything, but um, I know, but like, it's like doing the 5K and a, and a marathon thing. Like I had to do the full one. I just had to, there's no yeah. point. Uh, there's no point getting podium on the small little thing. The phone yeah. as well say, yeah. But I, I remember that conversation and I remember you were saying how because it was just so hard, the, the shorter distance, and because you felt like you were just moving so slowly that it was really annoying. So it, it, this one here from two weeks ago, it's an even longer race. So therefore, you'd have to manage your pace even a lot more. So you, uh, you must have yeah. managed to get over that maybe hump that you had about the, the shorter race and, and just how frustratingly slow you could move through it to, to yeah, get up uh, for, well, for the I big solved one. that by going faster for the first 100 miles. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, uh, accidentally. Uh, yeah, I was like, just at least, at least half an hour up on last year's 100 mile time. And um, oh, yeah, don't ask me how. But um, yeah, definitely like... I suppose what I did is I trained for, I suppose, last four months with a lot of weight, um, relatively a lot of weight, you know, between four building up to eight kg while running and then uh, 10 kg while walking. Um, so, like, it is very hard to train slowly, but if you add in enough weight, you have no option but to go slow. And I think I just got used to that. I got used to carrying the weight and I got used to going slow. So... On the day of the race, then I just kept that pace that I knew I could carry on for ages. It was like, you know, I can't, I thought it was going too fast, which turned out I was, but yeah. I couldn't go any slower if it, 
you know, but and I was happy with my pace. I was really, really comfortable with my pace. But I was a bit annoyed. Once I found out Ian Keith was behind, I, I kept saying to Mark, who I was um, running with at the time, Mark Potts, that no, we're, we're going too fast, man. We're going too fast. He was, he was getting sick of me saying that. Yeah. Um, but like I was convinced it was going too fast. But on the other hand, I couldn't slow down. I was just, it was just perfect pace. Mark was running my perfect pace as well. And as I think it looked, we'll just, we'll just see what happens and go with it. But definitely when we got into Hebden Bridge, which is the, no, not Hebden, um, Hawes, which is the 108 mile finish, like there's half an hour up and I'd probably stopped more as well. Um, I know the conditions were a small bit better, but not a whole pile. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what, what I did there. Um, you, you mentioned that you, you started training for it with the weight specifically 16 weeks out. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask you, Joe, that did you treat the build up to it like, say, a lot of people would treat their, their Dublin Marathon build up? You know, four months out, they really focus in on it. Or, you know, back last January when you had to maybe sign up for this year's race, did you consider it a 12-month plan or did you say, okay, I'm signed up, I've got my race number, I'm going to park that now until next um, October, for example? Or, or were you very conscious of preparing for the full spine over the last 12 months? Oh, both, definitely. Uh, yes, as soon as I signed up, so it would be in the start of February, I think, about this time, yeah. I, I remember posting on something, right, uh, spiner. Spine training starts here, and I was getting fierce abuse just a bit early, isn't it? But no, it's yeah. not like I mean, um, you had to keep it in mind always. I mean, you're not, I didn't feel like, for instance, I wasn't going to do it carry away, full carry away because of the possible recovery uh, implications. You know, I yeah. mean, basically, September could have been shagged. Um, and I wanted to get out training as soon as possible again. That's why I did the 100k, and as it turned out, I probably picked up a slight injury and that I carried in a slight injury and then it kind of picked up um, another one during it. So it wasn't ideal after it, but yeah. Um, so, so when I started in January or February, like the big thing then was, okay, just tip away, do my usual stuff. And I had a big race in Africa doing in the adventure race with um, Dingle Adventure Racing Team. Okay. Uh, so everything was focused on that really, uh, a nice bit of cycling, um, more running than hiking really, but that was the focus and that would be instrumental in the spine as well for sleep strategy, because we'd be out for five and a half days. Yeah. So that was very important. And it was important then to recover after that, which was, which went well. Um, I think it was, was it two, three weeks later I did Waterville and, um, with very little running done, but great fitness and high altitude training done. So I actually did quicker there. I was very happy with that race. And another short race I did soon after was, was pretty good. And um, But no, I had nothing big planned. Um, no, no, just to carry away because it was local, just the 100k one. I was half embarrassed doing that. I said, look, I, even, I have a good reason. I'm doing the spine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it just shows, doesn't it, the merit of having that big A race 
And if it's out, if it's 12 months down the line, it's just having the, the discipline and the patience to sacrifice some of the smaller races um, that you might normally do and bring your racing calendar down from maybe 10 or 12 races a year to just three or four and really fine tune that approach. Um, did, did you have any particular metrics, Joe, over the course of the year um, that you used to to measure that improvement in fitness? Because you mentioned a couple of times there, I knew I was getting fitter, I knew I was getting better. Like, uh, were you looking at your average pace and your heart rate or was it just in the couple of races you did and in the long training sessions you were doing, you just knew yourself that you were getting more efficient you were getting quicker on your feet you could last longer no 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 metrics really it's just that i felt great after africa well give it two weeks to recover a bit uh, i felt great i i felt fit and and you know when i did go up into the mountains i was like this is really easy but that didn't last long i mean about a <laughs> that lasted about three weeks or a month and then then i just felt crap again or, or just normal from plenty of training so no really i didn't um i did feel that i had more endurance but definitely the speed was down i was like i was kind of annoyed all year um the speed was down as i'm sacrificing the little bit of speed i do have for endurance um because like i'm not really fast so no um no, I was losing my speed. I did know that I was I was gaining endurance, all right, and I was getting slower. But like the spine has a slower race, so I think uh, it ended up pretty well. Okay, cool. Yeah, and for anybody that say is thinking of doing it next year or something similar, like do you think you need to be out there, Joe? Like actually out there for two days on your own, even three days on your own, living no Joe's spine race day experiences or can you well, just say that for the actual event itself yeah well you see i had that done i suppose with with utmb and uh yeah Way and that overnight stuff but uh, and i had the adventure races done so i knew i could do that now if you had none of that stuff done yes definitely definitely okay. go out and just go hiking uh just go in and hike overnight in the mountains and maybe bivy or something just stay out and, okay. and see what you're like for sleep but but for me, no, I had all that done. And like, Jesus, the training's hard enough besides more hardship and misery. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, tell me, like, over the course of the year, all those miles, all that tough training, like, you know, are you enjoying it as the months are going by and you're getting closer and closer to, to January? Or are you thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, this is going to be tough as hell? <laughs> well, uh Sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I'll answer that one. Yeah, so I love going out training, but then like you're going long run Sunday or something, which is like basically never anything over five hours. It's like after three hours, you go, How in the fucking hell am I going to do four or five days of this when my feet are hanging off me, my bag yeah. is sore, that bag is hopping off my back, and that's not a hope. So you'd be kind of annoyed then, but uh, that feeling goes and you, know, look, you just carry on and you, you tape your back the next time or something or try different shoes. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, definitely. And definitely the month coming up, this God, this training every end. I mean, if the race is on tomorrow, I'd do it straight away. I'd let just, sure. just come on. Like the, the thought of it is like perhaps the thought of going to the dentist. 
you're, you're dreading it and you're putting it off and you, oh, what, will, I, will I just cancel that? And mm-hmm. then you go in and there's a small little scratch and everything's fine, you know? So yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, listen, t- tell us about the race. We've got through the training. You're in great shape. Sounds like you're in the, the shape of your life, Joe, just before you, you're going, you're getting to the start line. Um, did, did you have a pacing plan? Did you have some targets, some scalps that you wanted to get? Um, you you oh, mentioned yeah. Ian, our, our good friend Ian yeah. there, a couple yeah. of moments back. And in case the listeners don't know, I think Ian has won the race, I think, twice, Joe. Isn't that right? Twice and the summer spine once. Yeah, that that he was my pacing plan. Uh basically <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say to you. Was Ian the, the key target to get? Yeah, that was the plan. Uh, if I could see Ian Keith, I'm going too fast. It's a bit like Tom Blackburn here in the mountain races. Like if you could see Tom, I'd slow down. Um yeah. so that was it, and just basically do my own race and leave everyone off, which was very hard okay. to do. I felt like a proper idiot uh walking inside in the field or the second or third field, you know. Um, and they all gone, like they were going out of sight. I said, fuck, jeez, like this is this is embarrassing. But, uh, and then I was thinking, Keith, or uh, Ian, the, the little rascal, he told me he was going to start off slow and there he is, gone off into the <laughs> into the clouds. But it was only after I found out he's behind. So that would have freaked me out if I'd known that first. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that, no, I was just going to, do my own race and uh, lots of people advise me to do that as well but I was going to do that and just tip away and like there's no point being up the front at the start be up the, up the front at the end right. yeah I mean and we see it all the time even say over in Chamonix and UTMB there's always a big massive rush at the, at oh, the front yeah. end of the field and for example say even I don't know after the first couple of hours how many people Joe were ahead of you I have um, no idea. I, 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 maybe, I don't are, know. are we talking five? 15. Are we talking 10? 15? Oh, no, that 15, I'd say. 15. Like there was a, yeah. I, I lost count. I remember counting when I could see them. It was like 15, 16, 17. And then a couple of more, it passed uh, in the next three, four hours. So, yeah, I mean, between 15, 20, definitely. And, and, and I don't remember be... passing many back, so I know how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's all just dropping out, aren't they? And I mean, yeah, it's like UTMB. It's like I didn't pass that many people. <laughs> yeah. something. And are you like, are you aware of those numbers dropping out and moving up the rank? No, because no. no. I was going to say, is somebody giving you a sign where you are in the race? Is somebody sending you a no. message? Oh, you've gone to tenth. You've gone to eight. No, so well, to see, I kind of disabled all the notifications on the phone. I didn't want to be listening to crap. So wow, okay, uh, yeah. it was about Hebden Bridge, I think. Someone said something that, oh, God, I don't know, that we were doing well anyway. And, and Kim was out and uh, Eugenie was out. Okay, yeah. And Ian was behind. Um, okay, going too fast. Um, so, yeah, kind of like, oh, could actually get a top 10 here, which was, you know, finishing was my first goal, but top 10 was definitely uh, be a bonus. That was definitely in the in the back of the mind. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, just, just keep it going handy now. I was there with Mark. Mark, had, I think it was his fourth time doing it. So, and I was going into the night on a bit I didn't know at all. So, um, I was happy to have him there. And, uh, you know, we're good at pacing each other. So, I didn't really care. At the time, like top 10 was the goal and 
I was there. So only me could fake it up really. And only everyone else faking up could make me go uh, any better, you know? Yeah. And did, did you find yourself asking people, oh, where am I? I, I, no. Am I near to No, no, never. You still no. had the discipline to not ask the question. I was I had no interest wow. at all, honest God. It was, um, <laughs> no. Wow. And even, you know, even when um, Mark stopped, well, he didn't stop, but he, he wanted to get an extra bit of sleep or something. He said, yeah, go, go, go after Dougie. I was like, frick off. He just like, <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. going after him. I think. I don't know where I had maybe Mark Sellers, but it's like four or five hours ahead. I actually didn't look at any of that, but I know he was a, a good bit ahead. And it's, that's not going to happen. Like, so uh, no, I didn't. I just did my own thing. Like I, every time I went out, um, I felt like a new man. You just stopped for the half hour, an hour. And every time I went out again, you're like, I mean, training around here on a Sunday or Saturday. I mean, you stop and talk to someone and you get going and you go, oh, God, my feet or oh, my legs. But this yeah. didn't, it didn't happen in that. It was like it was like someone else's body. I was getting a new body each time. And so I didn't care. I said, once this feeling stays then and I'm enjoying it, which I was, then whatever happens, happens. Whether it's third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh or twelfth, you know, it doesn't matter. Wow. What a great place to be, because, again, just listening back to your conversation there just this afternoon with Simon last year, you spoke how in, in all of the breaks last year in the shorter course, you were sitting down going, oh, get me out of here. Um, yeah. Doctor, give me a sick note to get me off the course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the opposite on the on the big course and the massive one. Opposite, uh, yeah. And I'd fallen as well and hurt the other leg. So I hurt them. Um... The left leg last year and I hurt the right one this year just just kind of further up on the IT band which is quite sore gone downhill um, but that was good because it kept me awake a bit and then I knew then because the left leg was fine I, so I was I was say oh my legs are sore oh no actually it's only one leg is sore so apart from that bruise um, I'm actually fine but yeah um, so so even with that yeah it was it was a Totally different mindset. Yeah. And um, I 96.5% enjoyed it. Wow. And I think if I'm getting my stats right, Joe, and just to pull into context for the listeners and what, what it just goes to show the improvements that somebody can make over 12 months. Last year's third place, and it, it was it was a horrendous run. I remember you telling us about was 30 hours. Yeah. Um, where this one here was it just over was it over 90 hours i think 96 9650 9650 9650 and total kilometers 400 high up in the 400s so we're yeah. talking you know more than three times the distance um time wise anyway but you're feeling 10 times better oh god yeah definitely uh i could like the one thing that's frightening about going to the spine is like I know what 100 miles feels like. I know what finishing the UTMB feels like after 31 hours and stuff. And like, uh, but multiply that by two and a half or three, uh, I couldn't. Yeah. Like, do you, I mean, you can't do that. Um, and then at at times it'd be like it'd be dawn and here, here what's his name, Hadrian's wall, and we got hold on a minute. I'm 200 and whatever, 220 miles 
into the race. I have another day to go. And I'm feeling fucking fine. Like, this is, this is, uh, this is freaky. Yeah. Um, well, well, tell us about, for, for many, the most exciting part of the race. And I remember I was actually recording just the last show and I was looking at the at the standings and you were five miles behind Douglas Sinis. I think it was maybe around one o'clock in the day when I saw that. Oh, yeah. And I thought, Jesus, he has a chance. Five miles. He, he can do that. Um, so tell us when you did get the, the Douglas, Douglas Sinis um, and, and the thoughts that went through your hair, your head, Joe, because I'm sure everybody that was dot watching at home would have said, oh, he's got him. What, what's he going to yeah. do? Is he going to drop him and go on? And But of course, if anybody hasn't seen the video, the two of these came in together. And we can yeah. talk about that in a second. But tell us about your own just um, feelings and 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 how you were feeling mentally, physically when you did catch Douglas and that podium position then. Well, I suppose it, it didn't happen all of a sudden. Uh, like that, geez, that section there on Hadrian's Wall is... is arduous like it's it's steep up and downs and uh not a whole pile runnable there's a lot of it is but um and it was at night it was like the stars were stunning and everything but it was still i was getting a few sleep monsters uh not seeing anything but yeah just getting a bit dopey and i was glad to see the dawn and um so i so i like i didn't see any headlight all night i was totally on my own up in the mountains um and I didn't think he was anywhere around, nor did I care. Um, but coming, the sun came up, uh, just about coming up, and I had to stop. I said, I better stop here because I have no water for the next couple of hours. So I um, made some water with the snow, um, took out my my jet boil or whatever it is, and uh, heated some snow and melted the ice in my bottles and topped up water. Um and I was actually thinking about that today, that I wasted a lot of time there. Yet, I'd say within three quarters of an hour, I'd seen Dougie. So um, why didn't I see him in the, in the distance coming off the wall? I don't know. Maybe I was going blind or something. But I should have seen him then because he's wearing red and every place is white. So, but I didn't. Anyway, um, so I carried on. And one thing I recce that section before is a long forest section. I was like, yeah. God, it's it's horrible. But for some strange reason, I actually didn't mind it. Um, I just tipped away at a, a kind of a shuffle run, just nice, steady run. Um, any hill that came, I walked that. And uh, lo and behold, up up in front, I saw this. You know, in the in the long straights, you'd see someone. I said, "Oh, that's someone from the the other race, the 160 mile race, the back marker." I said, oh, that'll be." You know, that'll be a point to aim at. I'll catch him there soon. And, you know, maybe 20 minutes later, he said, he's getting no closer. Uh, it's hardly doggy, is it? Yeah, I mean, he couldn't be. He couldn't, he couldn't be back here. But, but yet I wasn't catching him. He was looking back and stuff. I said, it must be someone good. So I'm not yeah. catching them. And I, I said, look, I'll just tip away anyway. He was walking at the time. I tipped away, tipped away. And um, it's a quite long basis a section but I, I ran it all um and then coming into horny steed i think that's how you pronounce it into helen i think it's kind of an unofficial stop um getting closer and closer and just at the door um we met so he turned around i go oh dougie and he go, oh hey 
whatever he said in Yorkshire, he's, I have no idea what he was saying most of the time. He's probably, probably the same with me. But um, our things, and anyway, Helen sat us both down opposite each other and uh, gave us soup. And I was saying, Dougie, is this going to be awkward now getting out of here? I better drink the soup quick and just leave him. Yeah. And I'm sure he was kind of thinking the same. Well, he was looking bad now in fairness. Uh, sorry, Doug, if you're listening, but uh, I'm sure you you felt kind of worse than me. Um, that's right. I got I, I get out of here. But yeah, Helen is so nice chatting away and everything. Do you want a cup of tea? Right. So I have a cup of tea as well. And uh, having the crack. And then she just says, out of the blue, sure. You'll carry on together now, the two of you. Um, right. Sure, he seems sound enough. Okay. Um, so she put us up to it, really. Um, found out later she's a psychiatric nurse, so she must have copped something that I didn't. Okay. But anyway, I was happy enough to head away with him, and he not, he knew the next section, and um, yeah, it was grand. We, we, you know, we took our ease. Um, probably a bit too easy because Claire caught up a bit, but uh, no big deal. I got to know him, and... Um, yeah, the next section to Bellingham really flew, you know, when you yeah. Yeah. talked to us. So, yeah. But, like, I was looking for an opportunity to drop him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, you know, yeah. it's nice to be a gentleman out on the racing yeah. course, no matter what but race it is. The, the, the thing was, it, it was still going to be third. Um, yeah. But it's how much of an asshole you want to be getting third. So, yeah, 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 exactly. And I think, you know, we've seen it a couple of times. I remember um, here in the Trans- Transgran Canardia race two years ago, um, Pablo Villa and Pau Capel, uh, two of the best ultra trail runners in the world, they came yeah. across the finish line together. But similar to yourself and Dougie, um, that day, Pau Capel, he, he, it wasn't one of his best days. And Pau was so used to winning all the time. Yeah. And, Pablo would have held Pau Capel in great esteem and maybe a bit like yourself. He was being a good guy. He didn't want to show his idol up maybe that particular moment. And he just kind of came across the finish line alongside Pau. But I know from talking to Pablo that he was very strong that day and he could have pushed on if he wanted to. And it sounds like we're all due yeah. respect to Dougie. I, yeah, I well, he came, like he, he you could have pushed on. Year, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I knew, I, like he, I thought he was just having a bad patch, and if he got a bit of sleep, that he'd be fine. Um, yeah. And and that was generally the case. Well, he needed two sleeps, but yeah, apart from that, uh, it was yeah, there was there was no point out. And you know, it, it worked to my advantage in a way up in the Shiviats because um, I had a bit of company, and I had yeah. the added confidence that if and when the sleep monsters hit me, which normally be the fortnight. Um, that he'd be there to, you know, give me a belt across the head or something. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if anybody watches the video of the two years coming in together, it was a lovely moment. And you look so strong, Joe, you really did. Um, you look yeah, like you just yeah. went out for a normal Sunday long hike in the mountains, never mind nearly a four-day odyssey and 268-odd miles. Um, you looked great. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped to do my hair, you know. <laughs> you look handsome, Joe. You look handsome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but that is what what were the the moments and and the hours like after it? I'm sure. Well, w- w- did you have the energy to celebrate and to take it all in, or just or or does the body just shut down 
Joe no, after the, the, the body was fine, but the mind, uh, like I couldn't believe it had happened, uh, basically. Um, like it went in, they sat us down and they take out the warm water and uh, they got it, yeah, they, they uh, de-ice your laces and try and get your feet, uh, shoes off and wash your feet and stuff. And yeah, we're having a cup of tea and having a bit of crack and uh, everything is fine. Then they, they went away and we were kind of left together and we're just kind of looking at each other. Both of us ended up over in the corner away, just kind of trying to contemplate it all and trying to figure out what, what had just happened because it was a huge uh, thing and, and uh, a great result. So basically I couldn't believe it for a while. Now I obviously found out later I badly needed sleep. Yeah. Um, but it, I just couldn't comprehend it. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't take it all in. And the one time that it started to flood in was um, in the shower. It's the, they gave us a shower up in the room, and uh, I was like, "Geez, I'm a heard in the spine. Like, would you ever believe that? I mean, uh, it's the stuff dreams are made of. Except that, like, I, I never dreamt that that could happen." Um, I said, no, no, hold on now, I'll just uh, just get it together and, and just go down and try and get a bit of sleep and, you know, bar opens at 11. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah so, so no, it was, no, it was late, it was the next day, so it was six o'clock the next morning, so I had six, seven hours sleep mm. and woke up at 6 a.m. and I got bright and bright and bushy and I go holy feck this yeah it is true and it was only then as well that I checked the phone because I couldn't do it all day my head was like I couldn't mm, yeah like I'd seen 189 whatsapp messages like I can't I can't deal with this wow. it just, yeah. I couldn't um so basically myself and Dougie went into the bar and we had a couple of a uh, couple of ales uh, I was just basically ask the barman, oh, what have you? Um, oh, this is Windy Guile. Yeah, we'll have two of them because it's named after a mountain. We're just after being up and that ran out then. So he named off some other thing that happened to be where we were as well. So yeah, we'll have that too. So basically we're going through all the drink that um, of the mountains we were going over. <laughs> uh, but no, not five or six or anything. It was, you know, it's yeah, like well, three uh, it's nice to hear, Joe, because I'm sure there's so many runners, maybe of a slightly younger generation than us, or you know that as soon as they cross the finish line, they're they're on their phones, updating their no. Instagram, their social media, no. getting back to posts, comments, messages. Where, yeah, it just sounds so peaceful and refreshing and rewarding to just sit down yeah. and have a chat with your mate. That but you I, just I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't plug into society. Um, no, I, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want. This was this was my little bubble, and I wanted to be there. And like all the other athletes coming in that day, uh, it was fabulous to sit down with them. Uh, you know, um, Margin Gertz, I'm probably spelled, pronouncing his name wrong, and uh, um, G. Brian, uh, the other the Irish guy that uh, won the North Northern yeah. Traverse, whatever it is, yeah. uh, the North Spine. Um, just getting to know them and being in our own little bubble and yeah it's great put the phone away and uh, yeah so it was the next day everything dawned on me and that was great so yeah, yeah. 
Brilliant. Um, for, for the listeners that are listening in with their notebooks and who are looking for advice on how to do well in the spine or any similar type of race, um, <laughs> I think that the first thing is obviously the consistency in training over the 12 months before that particular race. Yes, yes. Yeah, outer well, consistency, yes, is more is better than any um, high intensity or big blocks of bullshit or just pure and utter like I, I've been consistent I'd say for uh, when was UTMB 21 um, so probably um, yeah so just at the start of COVID mm. I had no big injuries or anything I was just running and kind of the same mileage every week about 80 85k and only went up to about 105 maximum 110k a week yeah. um, in the last well, I suppose December-ish. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't do too much. You know, so yeah. You don't have to do crazy um, mileage. Um, no, it sounds very manageable. And then in terms of, say, hit over the couple of days, Joe, is there any maybe particular um, jacket or shoes you want to mention that worked very well for you that you'd recommend to somebody if people are looking for, okay, what kit should I be looking out for over the next couple of months to to get into my own wardrobe and um, what, what worked well for you? Oh, top-wise, I think jackets and everything, and it has to be Columbia. Um, yeah. I put on the Columbia, was that titanium one? The, just the normal one you get yeah. um, at the start and kept it on. If it was too hot, I opened the vents or opened the, the zip in front. Uh, it never got too cold. I had just a base layer on underneath and a light, very light fleece. Um, and it was only the last night in the Sheviots that I changed into the, I don't know what it's called, it's the, the one with the Omni heat or something inside in it. It's okay, a little bit yeah, bigger yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I used that right last night. That was a, a lifesaver. But uh, but in the rain and everything, the first day, sure, I mean, it was bone dry. Um, so I mean, there you go. Uh, I don't have any other jackets, so that's all I know. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. can't. It's not like I'm sponsored by them or anything. It's just what I have. And and uh, like Ian Keith said it, I don't know, and then one of his blogs years ago. And then that's, I just got the Columbia jackets and I don't look back since. Um, yeah, a great jacket. And were you mm-hmm. still on the speed goats like last year, Joe? I did, yeah, for want of, well, I was going over comfort, like not grip or anything. Um, I, I went up uh, the reeks when the snow was around. I said, look, these are grand. I mean, they're fine in the snow. I mean, I wasn't like, can't go flat out, but I won't be flat out in the spine. Uh, they're grand in the bog. They're not great. Uh, they're fine. Um, but I said, comfort for the long run, for yeah, literally for uh, four days. Oh, God, you need a bit of, just, you need a bit of cushioning. And I knew they'd be grand. Um, like they wouldn't pain me too much or anything. And, and like, definitely, uh, I won't say there's not, better ones out there but they work for me and um you know i'm happy out of them yeah and, and the, the one that people always want to ask about in case there's a magic potion out there somewhere um, and <laughs> nutrition joe and um, was it still nutrition the, <laughs> the rice krispies and the stalin bread from little did that get you around the extra oh stop um, i was uh, I, sure i went in before christmas and got stalin bread and i said oh let me get one i'll go back later <laughs> for some reason and get the rest no, sold out. Oh, geez. Like, that was lovely. So I had none of that. Um, I had a bowl of Rice Krispie stuff, and I didn't eat any of them. 
Um, so I had, there was a lot of uh, oat bars and frozen double dickers and a couple of Twixes and, and all that. And I was absolutely shit sick of them after day and a half. I get so hard to eat anything. Um, just so sick of them. They were, they were like, oh, they were just horrible. Yeah. Uh, so I'd have to work on that in fairness. But like I went into a couple of shops and I said, what do I like? And, you know, what I liked, what I thought I'd like uh, then. And even, you know, just making sure beforehand you'd, you'd uh, sneak a few. It's going, oh, they're nice now. Uh, yeah. No, not after day and a half, two days. You, you just want to definitely. Okay. Um, so yeah it's a thing to work on or just maybe try and not eat at all i don't know um and i had i had um porridge in hut two just before the final descent i heated up some the water that was left in my bottle just it was on the ice there anyway but heated up that and uh, made some porridge uh the 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 mountain rescue guy made me some porridge out of it and uh so that's it like I think that I used to land into the checkpoints with too much food left over. So between that and all the ice I was carrying, uh, like I was definitely carrying too much weight. Um, but it is, there's, for me, there's no magic thing. Um, I will say that I probably got it wrong. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I never, my energy never dipped. And so I was obviously eating enough. Are else somewhat fat adapted, so I can't really yeah. say. And and then mentally so strong, Joe as well. I mean, even you know, listening to our conversation this evening compared to the one twelve months ago, it, it all just you you sail through it. And like, it, it, have you worked on the, the mental aspect at all? I mean, do you have any mantra that you're saying to yourself as you're going? No. Over these no. mountains, are you thinking of Roy Keane or Sonia O'Sullivan, <laughs> sporting icons or whatever? Or I am in my arse. Sure, I don't want. Or, or you just have it. You just got it. Uh, no, I, you know what it is. Someone, someone said it. I don't know who recently. Like it's gonna be far, far, far harder to pull out than it ever will be to actually finish it. So that was my only thing that when it like. It wasn't all plain sailing. You kind of, you know, you go, oh, God, I have three days left. What? How oh, am I going to do this? And you go, you know, I like hand pull out. It's just, it's just not everyone's watching. So um, it's going to be easier to just carry on. And then, you know, five minutes later, you've forgotten all about it anyway. So it, it's always a short thing. Um, and often I just try to blank. Uh, I don't know what I'd be thinking about. Nothing. But uh what I will say, one one thing about that is um, I was staying with my sister before the race and uh, yeah, just watching TV and they put on Top of Pops was like something from the 80s and uh, Wet, Wet, Wet was on and Marty Pillow yeah. and feck me if he wasn't there for the whole four days in the background. Yeah, Love just, was all around, was it? <laughs> no, it was the, the angel eyes. Like, God, and no matter what song I had on, you could hear him in the background going, Oh, Jesus. But yeah. at least yeah, it wasn't too bad a song, like, but I was a bit embarrassed about it. So, you know, it could have been something sure. better, you know, Metallica sure. or something. Um, but, um, well, yeah, well, just for four days stuck in the background. 
Um, what's going to keep you going now over the next 12 months? You've achieved podium. You've kept the Irish flag flying on the podium after Ian's couple of great results there. You've had your great result this year. Um, what's up next for you? What's going to keep you motivated to keep on training? In uh, I know the answer to that. Go on, tell me. Your entries open next Monday. We'll see what happens, what race to get into uh, for the spine next year. Very good. Okay. And uh, probably, sure. Well, I'll go out. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll go out Sunday night and I'll have a few pints and I'll see. So it'll be either the North or the Full. Okay. Very and, good. Um, so between that, I'm going on a holiday to Australia in May. And uh, while I'm there, I'll do um, what's it called you, uh, Ultra Trail Australia. So it's only oh, 100. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a few stones okay. out of that. Yeah. Well, well, listen, Joe, thanks a million for your time this evening. Uh, it's brilliant talking to you. It's it's great to hear somebody who just nailed it, who just had a great year's training. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to go a lot faster next year. But, uh, there'll be half the stopping and half the cups of tea, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's great, isn't it, to have like something, an area where you know you can improve on, even though you had such a good result. You know oh, yeah. you, can, you can even do free better. Time. Isn't that brilliant? That, that's it's, still, free, it's free time for next year. You don't even yeah, have to train exactly. anymore. It's just free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Joe, congratulations. Um, all the best for the next 12 months. Hopefully you can keep that consistency there. Oh, and uh, yeah, listen, um, book me in for February 2024 for another <laughs> chat, right? Will do, yes. No problem, on. Okay, all the best, mate. Well done. Take care. That's a wrap, everybody. What an inspiring guy Joe is. A brilliant role model for the ultra and trail running community in Ireland. And we're lucky to have a few fantastic runners, aren't we? We really are. And looking forward to chatting to to many of them, hopefully, over the course of the year. Do drop me a line, guys, if you would like to hear from anybody in particular or any specific coaching topics for our coaching slots with Rene. Um, In the meantime, have a great week's training, everybody. Just a reminder to pop over to Patreon to help support the Trail Running Ireland podcast if you get a chance. Everybody, get your running gear on. Let's go.